Well, good morning, Springbrook. Welcome to the house of the Lord for worship. We are so delighted to be with you today. We haven't had the chance to meet yet. Ooh, we're partying. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Bethany. I'm the worship director here, and I didn't get to say yet, Happy New Year to all of you. I was gone last weekend, got to have a lovely time away with my family, and was able to see the service online, and I missed you all deeply, so I am grateful to be back and ready to worship with you this morning. I want to remind you, if you're worshiping with us online, that as always, our online hosts are standing by, ready to answer any questions you have, and specifically would love to spend time in prayer with you. No matter where the Lord has you today, we want you to feel connected to this community. So I encourage you to make an account to log in and to use that one-on-one private prayer chat button. It says request prayer. You can use that anytime throughout the service to ask any questions or to bring your prayer requests um, before the Lord with one of our hosts. We would love, love, love to do that for you. Well, I would love to invite you now to stand if you are able in body or in spirit for our call to worship. Our call to worship for today comes from Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, You mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's lift our voices in worship to our God who is worthy this morning.
Yeah. 
virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Our scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah 44, verses 1 through 4. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land, and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. Let's continue in worship together this morning.
before the Lord together in prayer. Holy Spirit, living God, we recognize that you are in this place. We don't have to cry out for you to be present with us. We really just have to open our eyes to see that you already are. And we thank you for the way that you are moving moving in this place, moving in each heart, in each life, in each story represented here today. 
for those who are in this room and for those who are far away. Holy Spirit, you have no bounds. You knit us together. No amount of time or distance can separate your body. I lift up each person who's worshiping here today, who has come to seek you, who has come maybe with questions, maybe with difficulties from their week, maybe with a lot of grief and brokenness from what the last couple years have held for us. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the great comforter. I ask that you would come now, make us more aware of your presence. Help us to sense your nearness. Will you bring comfort to each heart? And will you soften us? Make us open and receptive to what you have because you have good work to do this morning. You've known since before you said, let there be light. You've known who would be here today and it's no mistake. It's no accident. So will you help us to be open to what you have in your perfect and holy word this morning? Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that we might receive more of you, that we might encounter you in a new and life-transforming way. Father, we love you, and all of this is for you and for your glory. It's in Christ's matchless name that we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We are so glad that you are with us uh, today. If you're in person with us, uh, we are glad that you are here. You braved the cold and made your way in here, and we are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're watching online, uh, we're glad that you are with us as well. Maybe you stumbled across this message. It's, it's an older message, and you're getting ready to listen to a past message. We're glad you're listening with us uh, there as well. It has been so exciting to see how God has been working just in the first two weeks of this year. Only, only two weeks have gone by. You know, it won't be long before we'll be at the end of the year going, wow, this year really went fast, right? It's the same, it's the same comments, it's the same jokes, it's the, it's the same thing year after year. It's like, wow, this year's really going fast. Wow, I can't believe how fast the year has gone. Well, we're going to be doing the same thing at the end of this year, Lord willing, unless Christ returns or we get to stand before him at his throne. At some point, we're going to look back on this year and we're going to say, wow, isn't it amazing what God has done? And, and we get glimpses of that as we move through the year. We're only two weeks into this year, and it's been exciting to see how the Holy Spirit has been working in and through the lives of people at Springbrook. And I just want to encourage you that if you've got a story to share, something you know would be encouraging uh, to others, uh, we want to encourage you to share that story. In fact, we have a video we want you to watch. Uh, Larry White is one of our leaders here at Springbrook. Let's watch this video, and then we're going to come back together. Okay, good morning, Springbrook. My name is Larry White. I am the leader of the First Impressions team here. Uh, my folks are the people that greeted you when you came in this morning, so uh, welcome. I've had a unique opportunity over the last couple of years to work with a mentor of mine, uh, talking about you know how a man succeeds in the in the business world being a Christian today. And during the course of that, we started a study on um, obedience, right? And how do you get from grace to obedience? Um, and how do you share that with people? And how do you really function, uh, you know, in that kind of environment um, today uh, in the secular world? 
which is a real challenge. So we were going through that study and um, uh, Pastor Matt let me know that he had been writing the curriculum for the fall small group series and that uh, obedience was something that was going to be touched upon there. Um, and he asked me, would you be interested in leading uh, a, a group of men? Uh, and I said, yeah, exactly. It's something I've been looking forward to um, and something I've been, been praying on to, to look at leading younger men um, as they move into their careers and things of that nature. So um, so he convinced me <laughs> uh, to do that. And uh, it's been just a fantastic experience. So I'm leading a multi-generational uh, men's group. So we have guys that are in their 20s uh, all the way up through um, early 70s. So a, a big range there, uh, but it's been a real fantastic experience. Um, some of the things that really stand out are like the, uh, really the enthusiasm and energy of these young guys, that, what they're bringing to the table, um, their, um, just their passion for the Lord, um, and then the, the rest of us, right, and being able to share uh, with them and, you know, to help kind of guide them through some of the things that they're dealing with and vice versa. I mean, they've really shed some light on some things. It's been helpful for all of us older guys as well. What I would say to anybody who's never been in a small group is, I understand you. I was in those same shoes. I was going to church here at Springbrook for like six years before uh, I actually joined a group. And uh, more it was probably the fear of the unknown. But, you know, what I would tell you is really, you know, we're called by God to live in community. And that experience of living in community will transform you, right? You will grow in your faith. You will grow with other men. You'll grow with other couples if you're in a couples group. Uh, other women if you're a women's group. You will grow uh, in your faith. Uh, you will become closer to God. You will walk uh, more in Christ's path. Amen. I keep watching that video over and over. It's just it is such a testimony to the power of God at working in through our congregation. Some of the key words were investment, obedience, small group, growth, investing in others. I mean, that, that just embodies everything about what it means to be on a journey together. Joy. You know, there's something about who we're called to be together that you just can't find at Costco or at the gym. I mean, there's just something about what God is doing in and through this congregation that's exciting, and we want everybody to be a part of experiencing that. We're getting ready to move into the new year. Our small group open enrollment uh, season is going to be kicking off soon, and so you'll hear some more information about that. Our groups took a break coming through Christmas, and many of them are getting geared up. Some of them are going through this encounter, encounter study uh, now, but uh, we want to encourage you that if you are interested in getting connected to a small group, uh, this is a great time to do that. Three times during the year, all of our small groups open up to make room for other people in their groups. And, so, and this is the season for winter, and then we'll do it again this spring. And then we have a fall sermon alignment series that we'll do. So there's three times during the year where it's, it's really easy to get into a group. And so if you have any questions about that, we would love the opportunity um, to talk with you. If you are a first-time guest with us this morning, we are so glad that you are with us. Uh, if you're watching online, there's a place for you to click that online connection card. And if you're here with us in person, you've got a connection card that's in your chair. And I just want to encourage you to, uh, to either fill that out or uh, you can pick that up and if it's in your chair there. And you can share with us your uh, contact information. You can share as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. There's some information about our ministry there. Uh, there's a place for you to share any prayer requests that you might have. Uh, if you're online, our online hosts are with you now, and they'll pray with you right now online. So please let us know um, how we can connect with you uh, in that way. 
just also wanted to let you know that we are getting ready to celebrate our 25th anniversary at Springbrook. Uh, this is a brand new church. God raised up uh, with just a couple of core families, uh, and he has been faithful to this ministry for 25 years, and we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years together as we move into uh, 2022. And so we are so glad that you are with us at, at this point in our future history. You know, God has been faithful. He's being faithful to us today, and we know he's going to be faithful as we move forward together. And so we have our annual celebration uh, coming up on January 30th, so Sunday. It's going to be after the second service. And so if you're a member at Springbrook, uh, you want to be sure to, uh, to mark your calendar for that. We're going to be affirming our, our budget for this year. We're going to be affirming new elders. We're going to have a great time of worship and celebration. Uh, we'll have some snacks, and so we'll be meeting right here in this space. And so if you want more information about that, be sure to visit our website, springbrook.org slash celebrate. And then we'll have a couple of meetings leading up to that where you can ask questions about our finances, about our budget, any staffing questions. And so uh, all of that information you can find on our website at Celebrate. It's on your app. If you haven't downloaded the Springbrook app yet, you'll want to be sure to do that. And then also if you're a member, uh, even if you just want to pick up a copy of our annual report, you'll find those um, out in the lobby uh, this morning. There's a little sign there. And they're also online uh, at Celebrate. Uh, so uh, be sure and pick up that information. And uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, This is Sanctity of Life Month, and so January, uh, we are partnering with Informed Choices. We have some baby bottles uh, out in the lobby. You can pick one of those up. If you want to know more information about Informed Choices or how to support that ministry, you can visit our website for that as well, Uh, springbrook.org slash bottles. It's an opportunity for us to partner uh, with an organization that is taking seriously helping people to understand about Jesus, but also meeting them at a place uh, where they're making critical decisions about life. We believe that the Bible teaches that life begins at the point of conception, and so we believe life is sacred, and so we want to be able to support uh, that ministry. And so if you've got any questions about Informed Choices or about any of the ministries that we support here at Springbrook, uh, please be sure um, to let us know. I know that we have uh, over 200 individuals and families right now are going through uh, our Encounter Devotion. For the first three weeks of this year, we invited everybody uh, to pick up a copy of our uh, workbook. Uh, we have, I think, a couple copies of that still out in the lobby. And so um, if you have not had an opportunity to pick one of those up, you can pick one of those up at any time. This is, you know, I, I'm going to be teaching on that for the next two weeks. And so it was a series that we invited people to pick up one of the workbooks if they wanted to. Uh, but even if you uh, haven't picked one up yet, you can pick it up anytime. You can pick one up this week. You can pick it up in three weeks. You can pick it up next month, two months. I mean, this is a great resource for you to help you think about your devotions and how you're experiencing the power and presence of Christ in your life. And so we've got two more weeks in this series, and then we're going to be talking a little bit more about the encounter initiative that we're going to be launching. But if you have any questions about this, uh, be sure to visit our website, springbrook.org slash pathway. Um, We're going to be studying the Holy Spirit for the first three weeks. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to bring about life transformation in our life. Uh, So we're going to be studying that, and then we're going to be encouraging everybody to pick a chair and think about where am I now on my spiritual journey and where do I want to be as we move through the year. So these are two different things that are happening right now. This three-week encounter series is about the Holy Spirit, and we're depending on the Holy Spirit to help us with our life transformation. And that's, that's a journey that's going to take us through this year and into the future. And so we want to pray that God will continue to grow us in our faith. You see, the Holy Spirit has been at work not just in the last three weeks, not just in the last 25 years of Springbrook. The Holy Spirit has been at work for 2,000 years. 
And we're just coming alongside of what he's doing in this day, in this time, uh, in this local church. And so the Holy Spirit has been alive and active for over 2,000 years. In fact, in the book of Acts, we see the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those first early believers. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes on them. It's in Acts chapter 2. It says, when those first believers came together, in verse 42, it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There was a sense of awe that came upon every believer in this local church, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Day by day, they were attending the temple courts together. They gathered together on a routine basis, just like we're doing now, and they broke bread in their homes. They met frequently in their homes, like we're doing in our small groups, and so they were constantly in fellowship and in communion together. Day by day, they were attending the temple courts. They were breaking bread in their homes. They were praising God. They were having favor. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. And so that's the glimpse of the, the first Christian church that gathered together almost 2,000 years ago. It started with Jesus and the 12 disciples. And then they became apostles, and then ministry started to grow. And then when Jesus left to go to heaven, there was 120 that gathered together in the upper room to seek what God would have for them is they waited for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It went from 12 to 120. And then in the book of Acts, we see that Peter stands up and he gives the first sermon in Acts chapter 2. Right before we see this biblical community, we see Peter stand up and tell everybody about their need for Jesus Christ, about the importance of believing in him and repenting of their sins and making him their Lord and Savior. And it says in verse 41, there was 3,000 people that placed their faith in Christ that day and got baptized. 3,000 people received his word, they were baptized, and they became a part of this body of Christ. And so it went from 12 to 120 to 3,000. And as you read through the book of Acts, you see this continual outpouring of the Holy Spirit as God accomplishes what he wants to accomplish in their Jerusalem, their Judea, their Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. And we're participating in this work to the very ends of the earth. And we're an ongoing part of that work as we continue to seek to be a part of what God's doing in this local body of Christ and throughout the world. But it all begins in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. When Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every single one of you for the, for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ, you will receive the Holy Spirit at that moment. And so when we confess with our mouth, when we believe and we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We believe that in our hearts when we believe it. And when we repent from our sins and we turn towards him, it's at that point that the Holy Spirit comes on us. And not only comes on us, but takes up residence in us. And that's what we looked at last week. We talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We, he's a person. He's not just some arbitrary force. He's a person. Jesus went to heaven. We've been given the Holy Spirit and he is with us. And he is God, and he is everywhere, and he can take up residence in us. And so we've been given this gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's that gift of the Holy Spirit, it's having the Holy Spirit in us that we're able to be transformed, that we're able to experience that all God has for us, individually and as the body of Christ. In 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18, it said, The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom There is freedom from our past. There is freedom from our sin. There is freedom from the things of this world that hold us back. And and there's freedom knowing that we're going to spend eternity and we have life and we have it to the full. There's freedom because of who we are in Christ and because of the Holy Spirit working in us. And we, with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed 
into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so the Spirit is how we experience transformation. The Spirit is how we experience transformation. And we talked about that last week. Transformation is a process. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that is drawing us into a relationship with himself. It's the Holy Spirit that is helping us to learn and to be obedient. It's the Holy Spirit that's giving us gifts and enable us to serve one another. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be witnesses to the very ends of the earth. And so the process of the Holy Spirit is what moves us forward. And that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He extended constant invitations. Come, follow me. It's an invitation. It's an invitation that is still available for everyone today. It's the same invitation 2,000 years ago, and it's the same invitation that we're extending to people today. Come and enjoy a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're not firm in your faith this morning, this is an invitation for you to come and experience the life-transforming power of a relationship with Jesus Christ as his spirit works in and through us. And so transformation is a process. We, we, we become believers like a child. We become believers, and then we grow in our faith, and then we become adults, and then we start having kids of our own. And so it's the same process that, that we would see in, in the life of a church. We have people that we want to invite to connect, connect vertically to God through a relationship with Christ and horizontally to one another in the body of Christ. And we want to encourage people to grow in their faith as they work out their faith and their salvation and study God's word. And then we want to encourage them to be equipped and to serve. And and then we want them to multiply themselves. And so our discipleship pathway is the same model that Jesus used with his disciples. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to move on this journey together. Without the Holy Spirit, this doesn't happen. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to transform us. And that's what we looked at last week, the work and the person of the Holy Spirit and what it means for us today. Today, we want to look at the Holy Spirit and his role as it works among us for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? For the common good. You see, we have been given the Holy Spirit that he can transform us individually, but there's something about who we are together that is equally important. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's important. It's the most important decision that you can make in this life is where you're going to spend the next. And so I individually, individually, we have a a relationship with Christ and, and, and that Holy Spirit is transforming us. But the Holy Spirit is also active in us together as the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit has been given to us for the common good. If you brought your Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you to uh, turn with me uh, to the book of Romans. We're in chapter 12. Paul is writing uh, chapter 12, and he's talking about the importance of who we are together, our dependence on the work of the Holy Spirit in in transformation. And he says, beginning in verse 1, he says, I appeal to you, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you set your mind on the things above, as you study God's word, as the Holy Spirit works into you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you're testing, that you'll be able to test and discern what the will of God is, what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. So this transformation is a process. And then he writes this beginning in verse 3. And this is where we want to focus our time this morning, verses 3 through 8. By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, 
Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, who although we are many, are all one body in Christ, and individually we're members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that has been given to us. Let us use them. If it's prophecy in proportion to our faith, if it's service and serving, if it's the one who teaches and teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so we want to stop there for a moment because there's, some, there's, there's at least four principles that we learn about the Holy Spirit and what it means to us collectively as the body of Christ. Last week, we looked at what it meant to us personally. Today, we want to look at what it means for us um, collectively. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God, and He is real, and He's working in our lives. But as it relates to us together, when we think about who we are together, we're called to live with humility. We're called to live with humility in our relationships with one another. You know, Paul said this in verse 3, By grace, for the grace that was given to me, I'm saying to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What is this grace that Paul has been given that he's passing on to the others? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works so that no one can boast. Paul has experienced firsthand, genuine life transformation. He has been changed. He was this, and now he is that. And so he he has experienced salvation. And he's passing that on to everyone. This grace that has been given to me, I'm passing on to you. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And so none of us is better than anyone else. When, when you look at the work of Christ in a person's life, we're all equal. And Paul's reminding us that what binds us together is, is who we are in Christ. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And Paul, if anyone, was a person that could think more highly of himself than anyone else. Think about your jobs for a moment. What do you do? You know what happens when guys get together? You know what the first question a guy asks another guy? <laughs> hey, what do you work? What do you do? I mean, that's just kind of how we connect. And it, it, it kind of helps us to understand it's a connecting point, but it, it gives us something to talk about. But for most men, our identities are tied up in our jobs. And what happens when you lose that job, you know what happens to most guys? Their identity goes right up the cliff. Because the reality is, the sad reality is, is that most men identify with their jobs. It's their jobs, it's their status, it's how much money they make, and, and, and it's a mistake. Those are things of this world. And so we, we think of ourselves in terms of our identity. And I just want to encourage you, ladies, if, if you stay home with your kids, that is a job. <laughs> I'm serious. My wife has raised four lovely girls, and I tell you, I added up how much she would have been worth if, if, if we had paid somebody. I mean, that's a job, raising kids. It's not just about what you do, but about where you spend your time. And, and maybe you're looking for a job, or maybe you're in between jobs. Or, and so, but the reality is, is that we all identify with what we do. And, and, and sometimes when we're talking with others, it, it, the comparison happens, and, and, and you can't help but boast. 
well, I've got, I've got this degree, or I'm this educator, or I do this. And, and all of a sudden, there's this comparison going on. And Paul's saying, hey, look, don't do that to one another. We are all equal in who we are in Christ. Paul, if anybody had an opportunity to boast, it would be Paul. Paul was trained under Gamil. Uh, he was trained by the leader of leaders. Uh, he was in all, in every count, worthy of somebody that could boast if they were going to boast. Back in Philippians chapter 3, in fact, he says, uh, he says that uh, I myself have a reason to boast. I have more confidence in the flesh than anybody I know around me. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, if there's anybody that thinks they have confidence in the flesh, I have more confidence than them. I mean, that's how, that's how big of a deal I was. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I studied underneath the chief leader. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I have my roots traced. I know where I'm from. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I'm a Pharisee. As to zeal, I am so zealous, I was actually persecuting the church. As to righteousness, under the law, I was blameless. When he looked at the law, when he looked at all those six hundred, he considered himself almost close to perfection. He said, he looked back at his life and he said, if I were to judge myself by the world's standards, I'm it. Then he says in verse seven, whatever gain I had, I count a loss for the sake of Christ. My whole identity has been changed. I now count all of those things a loss for the sake of Christ. And he warns others. He's experienced God's grace. He's experienced salvation. And he's encouraging people in the body of Christ not to think of themselves more highly than they ought. Put others first. That's the encouragement that Paul's giving us here. And, and, and it's to live with humility in relationship to one another. You know, when you think about your job, your job is in the world. You know, we've all got jobs and there's things that we happen and it's a worldly thing. Jobs are worldly. You know, Adam was put in the garden and he was told to work it before the fall. There's nothing wrong with work. Work is biblical. We've been created to, you know, to, to work the ground and the, that's a part of creation. But our jobs right now and result of the fall are, have, it's just, they're things of the flesh right now. And most people have their identity firmly planted in that reality. But when we become Christ followers like Paul did, 2 Corinthians 5.17, is we become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. There's something new about us. And we become a part of the body of Christ. We start to serve one another. And our focus in life is to, about glorifying God and not ourselves. And so there's this transition that happens as a result of who we are in Christ. And as a result, we live with humility as it relates to one another. We speak to each other differently. We love one another differently. We serve one another differently. Everything about the right-hand side of this, everything about what happens after we're changed is different than what it was before. And by the way, I've got all these slides on our website. Um, so if you have questions about uh, anything that we're looking at here, you can go to the springbrook.org slash pathway. It's down at the bottom. But I just want to encourage you that when you think about who you are in Christ, to be thinking about how can I put others ahead of myself? The Holy Spirit working in and through us together helps us to be able to see each other from God's perspective. You know what God sees when he looks down at all of us? Imperfection. None of us is perfect. We're all fallen. And because of who we are in Christ, he sees that. And when you think about what happens at the foot of the cross, we're all equal. From God's perspective, we're all in need of a Savior. 
And when it comes to the body of Christ, we're all at the same level with regard to who we are in Christ. And so we're to live with humility towards one another. We live humbly. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that. The other thing that the Holy Spirit does in and through us together is he enables us to be committed to one another. We are committed to one another. Verse 4 and 5 says, As we are in one body, have many members, and the same members do not have the same function. Though we are many, we are one in the body of Christ, and individually we're members of one another. And so what Paul is reminding us is that we are a part of something bigger. You know, when you became a Christ follower, if you ask Christ to come into your life, if you believe and repent and receive him, you become a part of the larger body of Christ. The body of Christ goes around the world. You're part of the capital C church. You become a believer. And we've got, we've got, I've got friends that are uh, across the world. And you might have friends that are across the world. We have missionaries that we're supporting that are across the world. The work of God is global in its scope. And what binds us together globally is who we are in Christ. And so you're a part of the big church. But then there's also this local manifestation of the body of Christ that happens here. And at Springbrook, we are a smaller microcosm of what God's doing globally. And, and we're a part of the local church together. And together, we partner with other churches to take seriously reaching our community for Christ and, and making disciples. And so we're a part of a larger work of God as the local body of Christ. And if you want to know what Paul's talking about here, he says, just as, you have, just as your body has many members, that's the way it works for us. And so if you want to know what this looks like when you get home, or you can look at the person next to you, look at yourself in the mirror. I mean, you could, seriously, when you get home, look at yourself. And in fact, the next time you look in your mirror, this is, this is going to, I'm going to plant something in your mind. When you look at yourself in the mirror next time, I want you to think of this. <laughs> look at yourself and look at your body, how God has created you and knit you together. You've got hands and feet. Unless something's happened along the way. I mean, we've got two hands, we've got two feet, we have limbs. I was going to talk about the head, but nobody can be the head. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And so nobody gets to be the head. Jesus is going to be the head. But your body is made up of many parts, hands, feet, legs. And, and you know what? They're, my hand is not loosely affiliated with my body, is it? It's, it's, it's connected. I mean, <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> my body is knit together in such a way that, that it, is, it is one And when Paul's talking about your body having hands and feet and legs, he's talking about your body, and he's comparing that to the body of Christ. Your hands, your feet, your legs, your arms. And we are to be connected to each other in the same way that your hands and your legs and your limbs and your arms, everything's connected to your body. That's who we're called to be together. My hand is committed to helping my my butt. My feet were committed to help me get out on the stage. Your body works together to accomplish what God has for it. And we work together through our commitment to one another to accomplish what God has for us as the body of Christ. And that's something to celebrate. I mean, we are, we are members of one another. And membership is something that is really important to us at Springbrook because it's not about signing on the dotted line. It's not just a piece of paper. And in fact, when you look culturally what's happening to, in the context of relationships and commitment, it's just, it's something that has continued to proliferate and fall. I mean, there's just, there's not a lot of commitment. You know, the idea that, well, we, you see this play out everywhere. You know, I was talking to somebody last week about uh, they've, they're trying to hire employees. And they hired an employee. And he said that he worked for me for, you know, a couple of days and then he quit. And I was like, why did he quit? He said the work was too hard. I was like, what, is, what do you mean the work was too hard? 
It wasn't a commitment. We, we don't see commitment in our, in our jobs. We don't commit together. In the context of relationships, you know, our relationships, we see the lack of commitment to, especially when things get difficult. I, I give up on this. I mean, we give up on our relationships and, and sometimes we don't even see commitment going into it. Sometimes it's like, well, you know what? We've been together for quite a few years. I, you know, I don't see any point of getting married. What, what do we need to get married for? Because it's commitment. And there's this aversion to committing to one another. And what Paul is calling us to is countercultural. This is not something you're, when you start talking about commitment outside the body of Christ, you're going to hit a wall. And even within the body of Christ, you're going to hit a wall. Membership is a commitment to us to say, hey, we agree with our vision, mission, and values. We're making a covenant commitment to be a part of what God has for us together. And last year, in the midst of COVID, I just wanted to share with you, um, we, have a, we have a starting point workshop and people go through a starting point. It's an opportunity for here about our mission, our vision, and values. And, and some people, if they're interested in membership, will take that step. The last two years, uh, the first year, there were some questions about whether we were meeting together. We did a lot online. We had people that were watching Springbrook online, uh, just like many of you are doing today. They're watching online. Hey, this is a pretty great church. They connected online. They went through starting point. They joined an online small group. They became members, and, and now we're back together. They're serving. And so even in the midst of trial and tribulation, God's still working. Amen. And so in the middle of this process, just in the last two years, during COVID and through our transition, we've had 29 people had taken the step of membership and committed to this local body of Christ. And so I know that's, 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 that's a big deal. That's huge. You know, it, it's interesting because when people used to become members, we'd bring them up on stage and we'd celebrate that with them. And, and then some people were like, I don't want to become a member because I, I don't want anybody seeing me. And so memberships create a lot of, you know, how do you celebrate somebody becoming a member? I want to just thank those of you that are saying, hey, this is, this is my church and I want to be a part of uh, what God's doing here. And if you've got questions about membership, maybe you've been through starting point and you haven't turned in your membership application, I just want to encourage you, take that step. You know, we'd love the opportunity to have you, you know, be counted among those that are saying, hey, this, I'm committed to what God's doing in and through this local body of Christ. Membership is a covenant commitment to protect the unity of our church. That's important. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to slander. If I've got a problem with somebody, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to protect the unity of what God's doing here. That's, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share in the responsibility of my church. You know, we've got, I've got, I'm going to invite people to church. I want, I want to be a part of what God's doing here. I'm going to share with people what God's doing here. I'm going to serve in the ministry of my church. The Bible says that if you're a believer, you have a spiritual gift, and I'm going to, I'm going to use my spiritual gift to build up the body of Christ, and I'm going to support the testimony of my church as we seek to reach our community for Christ and make disciples and our world. And so we're a part of something. That's what membership is. There's nothing magical or mystical about it. It's just saying, hey, I understand what we're trying to do, and I want to be a part of that moving forward. If you've got any questions, I want to encourage you. Our next starting point workshop is coming up. Uh, you can go to springbrook.org slash connect. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about this process. But, you know, God has called us to be something together. You know, we are to live with humility with one another. And the Holy Spirit works in and through that process. And then we're to be committed together. And the Holy Spirit works through that process, especially as we have to work through difficult situations. And so the Holy Spirit helps us to live with humility. It helps us to be committed to one another. And it also gives us spiritual gifts. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us to understand what our spiritual gifts are. You see, when you became a Christ follower, the Bible says that every believer has been given a spiritual gift. And so it's like, I made a faith commitment and I've got a gift. It's like, well, what's my gift? Well, I don't know. Well, it's in your pocket. God gave it to you. And so reach in your pocket. I don't know what your spiritual gift. You know what your spiritual gifts are. 
it's been my experience, and it's been the experience of the over 250 people that have gone through our spiritual gifts class recently, that when you talk to somebody about your spiritual gifts, most people don't know their spiritual gift. First of all, when you're talking to people about God, people have questions. And then when you start talking to people about Jesus, they have questions. And when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you really get questions. But even within Christian circles, when you start talking to people about their, their spiritual gifts, for people that have made a faith commitment, most people do not know their spiritual gifts. And so it's like it's in your pocket. You just need to reach in there and take it out and discover it. And that's what our spiritual gifts class does. You've been given a gift, and we help you to identify what that is so that you can put it into practice in your life. Each one of us has been given a spiritual gift. Paul says this in verses 6 and 8. You all have different gifts according to the grace that was given to us. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. We talked about this in our class. I'd, I'd encourage you to sign up for that if you haven't seen it, been a part of that workshop. The Holy Spirit's the one that gives gifts. You, you don't get to ask for them. Well, I would like to have this gift. Well, you know, good for you, but that's not maybe what the Holy Spirit has for you. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us gifts. We've been given gifts, and each one of those gifts are different. And so a lot of times we project our gifts. I've got the spiritual gifts of helps, and so I like to help. Well, how come you're not helping? And so we sometimes we project our gifts onto other people, and we all don't have the same gifts. And so Paul says, you all have different gifts. If you have prophecy, do that in proportion to your faith. If you have teaching, teach. In other words, if you have a spiritual gift, use it. Whatever gift you have, discover it and use it. If it's prophecy, in proportion to your faith. If it's service, serve. If you teach, teach. One who exhorts in your exhortation. If you contribute in your generosity. If you lead, lead with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. And so Paul is saying, whatever gifts you have, do something with it. We need to know our spiritual gifts so that we can in turn do something with it. And this is not a comprehensive list. It's not a complete list. I think there's uh, seven here. So when you read throughout scripture, there's lists of gifts everywhere throughout the Bible. There's no one place you go for a, a list of gifts. And so in our spiritual gifts class here at Springbrook, we use natural church development. We look at 30 different spiritual gifts. And so there's 30 different spiritual gifts. And so statistically, you have one gift that 30 other people don't. And so every one of us have gifts that differ among ourselves. And so we help people to understand what their spiritual gifts are. And so whatever your gift is, we want to help you to be able to unlock that power and potential of your gift to be used to build up the body of Christ. And then we all have talents and abilities. We have, you know, there's things that we're really good at. When you think about the world, you know, I might be good at, at playing the guitar. I might be good with carpentry. I mean, there's things that I do. We've got talents. We have abilities. We have skills. Skills are something that you can learn. And so from a world's perspective, you have talents and skills and abilities. If you're not a believer, you do not have a spiritual gift. Because you, those talents and abilities, those skills, those things that you have maybe instinctually, don't become spiritual gifts until you become a Christ follower. And sometimes the things that we think we're good at, the talents, the abilities, and the skills that we think we have, don't really fully get unpacked until we become a believer and we get active in the body of Christ. You know, for people that go through our spiritual gifts class, you know, most of them go, I did not even know I had that gift. You know, sometimes people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Sometimes when you become a believer and God starts working in your life, you're able to accomplish things that you weren't able to accomplish prior to you being a believer. 
And so there's something that happens when you become a Christ follower. You get a spiritual gift. And that spiritual gift now is to be used specifically for building up the body of Christ. Now, you can use your spiritual gifts in other contexts, but a spiritual gift is given to a believer specifically to be used in the body of Christ, in the church. And it's to be used with humility to encourage and serve other people. We opened Christmas presents in my house on Christmas, and we all looked at our gifts, and, and, and it was like, well, this is mine, this is mine. I'm, I, get, I get food for Christmas, and so when I open my gift, I, I share it with everybody. But typically, that doesn't happen. My, my, when your kids are little, they, they're not going to share you get a gift in its mind, but from a scriptural perspective, you've been, a, you've been given a spiritual gift with the express purpose that you would use it to serve others and build up this body of Christ. And so that's what Paul is telling us. You know, you've got these gifts, use them to build up the body of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit working in and through us gives us gifts. It's our responsibility to know them. And you know what else we have to do? We have to train them. We have to train our spiritual gifts. And so many times, you know, you'll walk through a workshop where you think, man, I've got this gift, but, but then we don't use it. And if we don't use it, even if we're using it, we don't train it. You know, it's important that we, we train and we, we nurture the gifts that we have. There's, there's, it's important that we train these gifts up. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul's writing, he says to, about Jesus, until I come... You need to devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. So we're to, we're to devote ourselves to what we're doing today. This is, this is important. You know, why do you go to church? Because it's, it's an act of obedience, number one. We're to, we're to devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. I mean, that's something that we do. And then we're not to neglect the gift that we have within ourselves. We're not to neglect it. First of all, we have to know what it is. And then once you do know what it is, you're not to neglect it. That means you have to pay attention to it. My relationship, my wife and I have been married 36 years ago. I can't say, well, I told you I love you 36 years ago. I have to tell her on a routine basis that I love her. I have to invest in our relationship. I can't neglect my wife, and we can't neglect our spiritual gifts. And so you have to know it. You have to nurture it. You have to spend time with it. You have to use it. You have to evaluate it. Don't neglect it. And you need to practice these things. You need to immerse yourself in them. Immerse, sink, just focus on it. To immerse something means to be all in. You know, if I have a big bucket of water and I drop something in that bucket of water, it is completely surrounded. There's, there's nothing else influencing whatever's in that water. That's what it means to immerse something. We're to immerse ourselves in our gifts so that others can see God working in us and be drawn to what God's doing. Remember back in Acts when they were doing these things, when they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, when they were breaking bread, when they were something together, other people saw that. They saw that they were in awe, and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. When you work out your faith, when you're using your spiritual gift, you're blessing other people. And in some cases, people walk in that don't have a relationship with Christ, and they're drawn into one just because you're using your spiritual gifts. I was talking to a friend of mine last Friday, and uh, he's a pastor of a church in Round Lake, and he's uh, working now with our Converge Conference, and so uh, he's, he's uh, got some responsibility for church strengthening, and, and so he and I were having lunch, and, and uh, we were talking about a guy, uh, his name was uh, Steve Randall. Steve Randall worked at Baxter, and uh, Steve Randall was going to Faith Church, and so when I went to Faith Church, before I was a believer, I walked in thinking, okay, this church thing, I don't know about this, but I walked in, I saw Steve, and I was like, I was talking, I said, Steve was a really neat guy. 
And he, and he worked for Baxter. I was like, well, this, this, this was kind of cool. I, I guess I can come back to this church. They're not weird. <laughs> Steve was instrumental in helping me to get connected to church. And so I was talking to, um, uh, I was talking to my friend about this, Gary Ritchie, and he said, well, you know, Steve Randall's one of my elders now. I said, you're kidding me. I mean, 25 years ago, he was serving on the hospitality team. You know what he was doing? He was opening the front door for people. He was using his gift of hospitality. He was opening the front door. He said good morning to me. And God used that to draw me into a relationship with himself. When you use your spiritual gift, and yeah, this is what you have to do with humility. It doesn't matter what gift. There's no small jobs at Springbrook, by the way. None. You know, there's no small jobs at Springbrook. If you're picking up the trash, if you're vacuuming, if you're greeting at the door, if you're watching kids, you know, we've got a pastoral teaching team. All of these gifts are equal in God's eyes. Have humility. Well, I can't be as good as that person. First problem. We have to, we have to serve one another in love with humility. All the gifts are important. Whatever gifts you have, you need to, to use them. And in doing that, you're going to work out your own faith. You're going, to, you're going to work out your faith, and others are going to be drawn into that. Persist in doing this. You'll save yourself. You're working out your faith and your hearers who will come to faith in Christ through you using your spiritual gift. And so we need to train our spiritual gifts. We need to know them, and we need to train them. And so even if you've been a believer for 20, 25, 30, 50, 60 years, however long you've been a believer, maybe it's just been five years, Wherever you are in that continuum, what is your spiritual gift? And have you been equipped to use it for ministry? So this is an equipping conversation. So when we look at our pathway this year, what we want to help, we want to help people to get connected into a relationship with Christ. That's chair one. I have questions about God, the Bible, I have this church thing, I'm not sure about it, or I've been a believer, you know, what does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ? And so connectedness is about connecting with God vertically and connecting with others horizontally. That's chair one. We want to help people get connected. So if you're sitting here this morning, if you're watching online and you think, I, I'm not sure what this is all, we want to help you get connected. Sign up for starting point. It's easy. We'll help you to get connected to what God would have for you. Maybe you've been a part of the body of Christ for a while, but you've never really grown in your faith. That second chair is about grow. That's what Larry was sharing in his story video, the importance of being in, connected into a small group where you can study and apply God's word and live out your faith. We'll help you find a small group. And Pastor Matt's working on a, how do you study the Bible class? You know, the, the, the Bible can be overwhelming. The Old Testament, New Testament, you know, where do I start? Who wrote it? And so those are things that you'll learn in the context of our workshops and our small groups. Or maybe you don't know your spiritual gifts and you, and you want to be equipped for ministry. That's the, that's the third chair. It's the equip. It's how do we serve one another? And how do we come alongside of one another to be a part of what God has for us together? And then that fourth chair is I want to multiply myself. So I've got this down. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I want, I want 10 more of me. And so it's about multiplication. And that's when Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving you now. You go do the same. Go make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them. And I will be with you till the end of the age. And then we've got the Holy Spirit. Let's enable us to live this Christian life out. And so wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we want to invite you to participate with us in, an, in encountering this year in a different way. And it's a little bit, it's been a little bit uh, confusion as, as we rolled this thing out. And, and on, at the beginning of January, we, we talked about our series. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to the message uh, the first week, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But I just want to give you a quick overview of what we're doing because these three weeks where we're encountering the Holy Spirit, 
you can't do any of this without the Holy Spirit. It doesn't do any good to invite somebody to be a part of a journey if the Holy Spirit's not at work. Does that make sense? We're dependent on the Holy Spirit for transformation. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to work in and through us for the common good. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no transformation and there's no common good. And so the first three weeks, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and I've invited you to pick up one of those devotion guides. And so even if you haven't picked one up yet, you know what a good time to pick one of those up is? Anytime. It's not like, well, he's already two weeks into the series, and so I can't go through the book. You can pick that book up today. You can pick that book up in a month. Six months from now, you can pick that book up. And you know what? We're going to keep that book in inventory. You can always pick up that book because you know when the best time to study the Holy Spirit is? Anytime. It's not as if we're a part of this series and somebody missed it. You can pick it up today. You can pick it up tomorrow. That devotion guide, and for the next three weeks, we're looking at the Holy Spirit because we have to understand the Holy Spirit before we can talk about the next step. And some of you might be doing that by yourself. It's a great thing to do by yourself. It's a good thing to pick up in the morning when you're doing your devotion. I'm praying. I'm studying God's word. You can do it on your own. Some of our small groups have said, you know what? We're not going to start yet. Hey, let's go through that together. So some of our small groups are going through the encounter series together. That's, that's great. Some people have taken one and they've taken it back and they're doing it with their family. And so you can use that study guide however you see fit. I know people need structure. Sometimes we just need to be told what, just tell me what to do so I, I don't have to be confused. You get to decide how you use that. I invited you to do it for the next three weeks along with this series, but you can do it whenever you want because we all need to know and understand the work and the, and the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so if you've been doing that, great. We're going to finish this series up next Sunday. I'm going to be looking at the power of transformation. So we talked about the personal work of the Holy Spirit. Today we're talking about what it means for us together. And then next week we're going to talk about what it means to live out a transformed life. And then this series will be over. You can still read the book. You can still pick up the book. Just because the series is over doesn't mean that the book's not relevant. We need to understand the Holy Spirit. But on January 30th, in just two weeks, I'm inviting everybody to join us for a journey that will last for the rest of the year. And not just the rest of the year, but until Christ calls us home. Because we're on a spiritual journey together. And it's not as if, hey, I got to Sunday, I'm done. Because living out the Christian faith is a lifestyle. And so we want to help people get a jump start on living out the Christian faith. And so it's a journey that's going to take us through, not just this year, but it's going to take us through until Christ comes at home. We're, we're on a journey together, and we exist to help people become mature, passionate followers. Disciple-making never ends. And so, but what we're going to do in three weeks is we're going to invite everybody to pick up a book that they can take their time reading for the rest of the year. And so just read it on your own. I just want to know that you're interested in doing that. And so you can sign up and say, hey, look, I'm going I'm to participate. I'm not sure what this looks like. I want to sign up. And I want to read one of these books, and I want to grow in my faith. And so the goal is for you, if you're in chair one, to get to chair two. If your goal is, if you're sitting in chair two today, your goal is to get to chair three. And if you're sitting in chair three, your goal is to get to chair four. Remember, because transformation is a process. And we, we never stop growing, and, and we want to start to expand our influence in our community, in our world. We exist to reach our community for Christ and to make disciples. And that only is accomplished as people are transformed. And so wherever you are, and I can't tell you what chair you're on, if you let me know you're interested, 
we can have a quick conversation and I can help you pick a chair and I'll give you a book to read during the next year and, and, and hopefully you'll be able to experience this transformation we've been talking about. And so that's going to start in two weeks. And all the resources are out at the, at the uh, resource center. I just want to encourage you, though, that and, and, and there's different tools that we can use to help us on this journey. And so I like Slack. Uh, there's Microsoft Teams. There's, there's all kinds of things that people can use to have a collaborative conversation. You know what's interesting is right now that for our attendance this morning, right now, look around at how many people are in here. We have this many people if not more, that are watching online this morning. Because there are people that are just not here for a variety of reasons. There's travel, it's health, it's concerns, it's you know, vulnerability. They're just not here. Our ministry has had to shift the way that we do ministry. We can't just say, oh, you're too scared to come to church? Well, I guess you're on your own. I mean, we have to go to people. And, and that's, what, that's what we're called. To, we're called to go to people. And so we have to go to people. Our online ministry has enabled us to go to people in a way that we've never been able to in the past. And so it's a huge part of our ministry. We've learned to connect with people in a different way. And so people are getting accustomed to having relationships even though they're not physically present. I'm a physically present guy. First of all, when it talks about zeal, I got, I got plenty of zeal. In fact, I have to slow my zeal down. I talk too fast. I know. I just I get really excited. And part of my face-to-face is it slows me down. And so I'm a face-to-face guy. I love it when we're here. But there's something about, I've also enjoyed talking with people online. And so we use Slack. Slack is nothing more than an app. And it's an online app. You can sign up for it. And in that space, you can talk to other people that are reading through the same book you're reading. Now, if you don't like Slack, if you don't, if you don't like apps, if it's just too much to figure out, don't do it. Especially if you're in a small group. If you're connected here to Springbrook, if you're here, if you're in a small group, if you are if you're on a ministry team, to be honest with you, the only benefit that Slack will offer you is your ability to influence other people. And so that's a great space because there's people that are not connected here at Springbrook that you will have an opportunity to meet. And so if you want to meet some other people, if you want to help other people join this journey that you're on, then jump on Slack but we're really trying to engage the people that are not yet engaged. And so if you're watching online, if you're just checking out Springbrook and you're not quite sure where to start, Slack's a great space for you because it will move you towards the genuine relationships of being together in person, being in the context of small groups, and then serving together to accomplish all that God has for us. And so Slack is nothing more than a conversation space. And so I want to encourage you, you can sign up for that. And then, and then there's, a, there's other opportunities. There's so many different places for you to get connected. It, it, it's overwhelming for me let alone trying to communicate that to you. But every month, we're going to try to get together on an online community. We're just going to talk with one another. It's a great place to answer questions. You don't have to be on Slack to do the online. But what you do have to do is you have to tell me that you're interested in experiencing spiritual growth next year. That's the invitation, that I want to experience more of what God has for me. That's what we're inviting people to participate in. It's not an invitation to join Slack. It's not an invitation to read Encounter. It's an invitation for us all to come together, to, to work together at what God wants us to accomplish together. There's a couple of different places that you, can, uh, that you can get connected in this way. If you're interested in starting point, if you're in chair one and you're interested in starting point, you're trying to figure out what, what, what does it mean to be connected, come to starting point. That's going to come up uh, in a couple of weeks. You can register for our starting point online at springbrook.org slash connect. Hey, if you are looking to get connected to a small group as we move into this new season of small groups, guess what? 
Springbrook.org slash groups. <laughs> and, and we'll help you find a small group. You know, if you want to know your spiritual gifts, guess what? Slash gifts dash WS for workshop. If you want to be involved in influencing and sharing your faith and impacting others, Pastor Matt's got a go-to workshop coming up. And so we have workshops that are designed to help people to unpack a little bit more of this as well. Now, nobody structurally is obligated to do anything, but it's an invitation to come, follow me, let's make fishers of all men, let's make disciples, and let's reach our community for Christ. It looks different for all of us, but the invitation is for all of us to be working together to accomplish what God has for us. If you have questions, you want to know more about this, please uh, visit our website. If you're watching online this morning, you can fill out that online connection card. Our online hosts are there with you. You can answer, ask any questions you have. Um, I'll be available after the service today, but I want to encourage you. Um, you can, uh, I'm really easy to reach. There's uh, email. I, I, I got a couple of different things that you, you can put time on my calendar. If you've got any questions about how we can help you uh, get connected, please let us know. I talked, our worship team, we have, key, we have 50 people in Springbrook right now that are on this journey. And so I can, if you have questions, you probably know one of them. And so if you've got questions about uh, what this is all about, I can put you in contact with somebody you're probably already good friends with. In fact, if you're already signed up, if you're one of those 50 people, please invite some of your friends to join you with this journey. Explain to them uh, what, what God's doing here so that we can all be a part of what he has for us together. This is the invitation that we're stepping out into for this year, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us. God, thank you for the hope that we have in Christ, for the opportunity that we have to, uh, to encourage one another as we seek to be better connected to you, uh, to one another, uh, to our groups. God, thank you for the way that you have uniquely gifted each one of us. God, each one of us has a spiritual gift. Uh, we have an opportunity to bring those together, to build up and to strengthen uh, this local church. I just look forward to all that you have for us as we move through this year. Thank you for your provision. God, thank you for the way that you have gone before this ministry. Uh, We look forward to all that you have for us, uh, individually and collectively together, as we continue to move into this new year. We probably sing this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'd love to invite you one more time to stand as you are able, as we respond together in song to this word that we have received from the Lord this morning. Let's sing together.
you for worshiping with us today and now may the love of the father the grace of our lord jesus christ and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all as you go from here go in peace to love and serve the lord have a blessed week in him and we will see you next sunday